Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to DC. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on the Team 980. And always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. And to take you up to 3 o'clock here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold. Today I'm back. Did you miss me, folks? We got a lot to get to, man. It's going to get real shock jockey up in here today. Plenty of big storylines. We got more fallout from Super Bowl 57. We'll have Mark Schofield of SB Nation join us at 1240. We'll put a wrap on our Super Bowl conversation before we get into the 1 o'clock hour. But I want to start off today, first of all, by saying hello. Welcome. Missed y'all, man. It's a Valentine's Day. Big Tony's probably out there finding something for his missus. I know Doc took the day off because he's got it. Look, they leave me to do the dirty work, and I'm here to do it, man. Eminem. My boy, how are you? Doing great, Linnell. Dude, I love that high note you hit when we walked in. Come on, man. Give me, give me an Emmy. You know what I'm saying? I'm back in the saddle, right, ready to get it done here. We got some we got some news heading into today's show. So the offensive coordinator uh, spot here in Washington, definitely uh, something that's been hot-button topic here. They had one chair get filled. Uh, the Ravens going with Todd Munkin uh, as their offensive coordinator. He's been the offensive coordinator at the University of Georgia uh, for the past few seasons, but... Uh, Coach Harbaugh adding him to that staff. And it's interesting because when we look at the vacancies around the National Football League that are remaining, Baltimore, a lot of folks looked at that that Ravens job as one of the more sexier jobs that are available right now. But I wonder, I wonder if the Baltimore Ravens got the guy that they genuinely wanted. And here's what I mean by that. We've heard a couple of other names. Uh, rumored to Baltimore. Eric Bieniemy is the big fish that really gets a lot of our attention here. But I wonder, man, all along, as we were talking about these offensive coordinator vacancies, we were talking about which unit 
which football team has the best opening, so to speak. And when you look at the Baltimore Ravens and the uncertainty surrounding their franchise signal caller, Lamar Jackson, it's no surprise that maybe the Ravens aren't getting the pick of the litter either. It's very interesting. We had uh, some other hirings today as well. This is the one that kind of stings me because I'm like, man, what does that say about us? Jim Caldwell uh, reportedly is joining Frank Reich uh, with the Carolina Panthers, and uh, he's reportedly going to be, let me get the official title right here, a senior assistant. Now, if you all remember, Jim Caldwell was somebody that Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders reached out to during the beginning of this process, right? Really immediately after they fired Scott Turner, uh, Jim Caldwell was one of the names in the first two weeks of the process that, you know, that came up and was rumored. And at that time, the reason that Washington wasn't even able to get an interview, first of all, and here's why. Jim Caldwell, 68 years old, head coaching background. The rumor was, the reports were, that he wasn't going to take a coordinator job. Jim Caldwell wanted to get back into the National Football League as a full-time head coach. And that opportunity obviously didn't exist here in Washington. And other teams, you know, that opportunity didn't exist for them either. So maybe this is a situation where Jim Caldwell is understanding what he's got going for himself and looking at the Carolina Panthers joining Frank Wright, maybe that is the best situation for him. I just wonder how much of the uncertainty of Ron Rivera moving forward has to do with, you know, Jim Caldwell not even giving this group an interview. I was shocked by it. I was shocked. I really was. Now, when you look at the title of senior assistant, um, I'm assuming, you know, Jim Caldwell is going to have you know, a very strong voice in that room. Uh, the new quarterbacks coach that they hired is brand new, first-time coach in Josh McCown. Um, so Reich doing a good job of adding some veterans to this offensive staff uh, that can help him out, man. And Jim Caldwell, say what you want about him, man. Highly respected across the National Football League and folks uh, very familiar with his work. And some would say he's maybe even a quarterback whisperer, man. Uh, Jim Caldwell has done a damn good job uh, with quarterbacks in his day. But back to Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, now that the Baltimore Ravens job has been filled, I see the conversation on Twitter that's being had right now is that, well, does it, does it, does it make sense for Eric Bieniemy to make a lateral move? Does it make sense for Eric Bieniemy to leave Kansas City? And that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. Washington uh, announced today that they'll officially you know, interview former Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman. That is uh, something that's been on – you know, their agenda here for a while. They they tweeted it out earlier. They are officially going to interview him uh, today for the offensive coordinator position. And Greg Roman, another name, man, that really, you know, intrigued some folks here locally. And it makes sense when you think about the offensive philosophy that Washington wants to deploy this year, heavy emphasis on running the football, controlling time of possession. And look, man, the numbers don't lie. There aren't a ton of coordinators better at designing the run game than Greg Roman, man. And I wonder, man, is is Greg Roman the guy that Washington wants? That's that's really what I want to get to the bottom of. Who's the big fish that Washington's really looking for, right? A lot of us think Eric Bieniemy, but when I think of Eric Bieniemy, I wonder, man, does his does his style, does his philosophy jive with what Riverboat Ron and company are trying to do here offensively? They have made it very very clear since the end of the season, that they want to have a commitment to running the football. Point blank, period. So when you look at Eric Bieniemy coming from this Andy Reid coaching tree, 
working with Patrick Mahomes, how interested do you think Eric Bieniemy is, is in going out and designing run plays? Is that going to get you a head coaching gig, designing a bunch of run plays? I don't know. I don't know, man. But look, this offensive coordinator search, according to Ron Rivera, who, of course, to the surprise of nobody, uh, made his rounds during Super Bowl week, going and talking to everybody on Radio Row. Based off of what Ron is saying, the offensive coordinator should be hired here very shortly, sooner rather than later. Uh, the, the quote that he used with Nikki Javala uh, was in a week or two. So with the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator spot being you know, taken, Washington now seems like if Eric Bieniemy is going to end up leaving the Kansas City Chiefs, Washington doesn't seem like too bad of a destination. Doesn't seem like too bad of a destination. I just feel like whoever the coordinator is, right, my plan, my best course of action for this football team moving forward, all of it centers around Sam Howell and his growth and development. Everything, every person that's brought in here to interview, every person that's considered a serious candidate for this job, they better be on all on board for Sam Howell. That is, that's where we're at right now. You need somebody who's going to be willing to come in here and work with a young signal caller. And if I'm Eric Bieniemy, hell, that might be my number one reason for leaving Kansas City. I get to go prove myself and install my own offense with a young signal caller. That's how you get promoted to a head coach. Look at Shane Steichen. Look at Shane Steichen just announced as the new Philadelphia Eagles, excuse me, as the new Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator or head coach, the former OC with Philly. Think about his claim to fame and how he got to rise to now all of a sudden after not long on the job, he's a head coach candidate. He's somebody that's going to be leading his own team this year. So if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm looking at the rise of Shane Steichen and saying, man, what do I got to do? Because Steichen's track record isn't long, but the one thing that he does have a history of doing, and I know that is very attractive to other teams, developing a young signal caller, right? Before he took the OC job in Philly, Steichen was the offensive coordinator of Justin Herbert's historic rookie season in 2020. 31 touchdowns, 396 completions, rookie of the year, right? So he's had the opportunity to work with a young signal caller. Fast forward to this past season, him working with Jalen Hurts the past two years. Shane Steichen clearly understands how to groom and develop a young quarterback. He gets it. He gets it. So if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm looking at Steichen and saying, man, this seems like this is the fast track. This is how you get a gig in 2023. It's by developing a young signal caller as an OC. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, now that I know that Baltimore job is vacant or has been filled already, I'm circling the Washington Commanders, man. The commander's got to be at the top of my list. I even think about it from this perspective. Going and working with a defensive-minded coach is a rumor that's been out there that's something that Eric Bieniemy was extremely interested in, and it makes sense as to why he would want to work with a defensive-minded head coach, and here's why. He would get to have complete autonomy over his offense that he installs. And here in Washington, that's perfect. That's perfect. I can't think. And I know a lot of the fans out there may disagree with this. A lot of my coworkers may disagree with this. I can't think of a bunch of better situations other than Washington for Eric Bieniemy. 
And, and staying in Kansas City, to me, makes no sense because think about this. What more does Eric Bieniemy have to accomplish with the Kansas City Chiefs before he gets a head coaching job? What more does Eric Bieniemy have to prove to the rest of the National Football League before we start looking at him as a viable candidate to be a head coach? If Eric Bieniemy really wants to be the head man somewhere, you know what he'll do? He'll get on the phone with Old Riverboat. They'll set up an in-person meeting. And sooner rather than later, man, Eric Bieniemy should be announced as the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. I've been very, very poignant and honest and transparent with y'all about what I feel should be the plan B. Because Eric Bieniemy is my plan A, right? I am all for taking the big swing and bringing in a cat who's got the track record of Eric Bieniemy. I love that. But my other course of action is already in-house. Ken Zampezi. Ken Zampezi. If they can't land on Eric Bieniemy, I don't want Pat Shermer. I don't want Greg Roman. I want Kenny Zampezi, and here's why. Everything moving forward, 2023 for Ron Rivera should be about the growth and development of rookie quarterback Sam Howe. That's it. And this is nothing new. I'm not saying nothing new to y'all that I haven't already echoed. I feel like if they're seriously committed to Sam Howe, if you can't get the enemy, maintaining the continuity in the offense for Sam Howell and keeping the same voice in his head has got to be your number one issue, your number one concern, so to speak. That's got to be head of the table, first on your list. I think Ron Rivera's got that in the back of his mind. He's got to. And if he doesn't, well, I guess that says a hell of a lot more about Ron Rivera than it does anything else. Because you see, I haven't been with y'all in a while. A lot of stuff has happened since the last time I've been on the Burgundy and Gold today, man. We had Sean Payton on Radio Row dropping bombs. We'll play that for you uh, coming up here in a few moments. But the big question for me is who ends up being this team's offensive coordinator? What makes the most sense? The Ravens' OC job has been filled by Todd Munkin. That kind of leaves Eric Bieniemy high and dry at this point, where Washington may be his best shot at springboarding into a legitimate head coach candidate. Because say what you want. I don't believe him staying in Kansas City gives him a better shot at being a head coach. Because guess what? If his work in Kansas City mattered that much to people outside of Kansas City, he'd already be a head coach. He's got two Super Bowls. What he did in the second half on Sunday was out of this world. I mean, come on. What more do we need to see from Eric Bieniemy? So all the folks out there who are being pessimists and don't think Washington has a shot at grabbing Eric Bieniemy, really think about it. Put yourself in Eric's shoes. This is no slight to Eric. I want him to be a head coach. If that's what he wants for himself, guess what? That's what Linnell wants for him. But look. Clearly your work and what you did in Kansas City isn't valued enough. It isn't, or else he'd be a head coach already. What more does he have to prove? We saw who just got hired this morning in Indianapolis. Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen got hired. Who? Come on, man. 
I think if you're Eric Bieniemy, the next thing for you to prove is that you can groom and develop a young quarterback. In what situation, what team has that situation ready and available for you? The Washington Commanders. We're just getting rolling, though, here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold. Today, you all know how I get down to the People Show. Tap in with me all show long, one of three ways. You can call me at 301-230-0980. You can tweet at me as well. I know this has been a running joke for y'all. Here you go. Pay attention. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll take a quick time out when we come back. I told you Sean Payton was making his rounds during Radio Row last week. He had some very interesting things to say about the potential sale of the Washington Commanders. We'll let you hear that next. This is Team 980. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Burgundy and Gold today. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 3 o'clock. Before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show, uh, coming up in about 12 minutes, Mark Schofield of SB Nation uh, set to join the program. We'll have all the fallout from Super Bowl 57. Plus, we get Mark's take on the big game. That's coming up in about 12 minutes. Right now, though, we'll continue our discussion uh, about the commander's offensive coordinator. The big news uh, heading in that, that broke really before our show started here today, uh, ex-Colts and Lions head coach Jim Caldwell set to join 
Frank Reich's staff with the Carolina Panthers as a senior offensive assistant. Now, why is that news to our fans here locally? Well, if you all remember, at the beginning of this hiring process, head coach Ron Rivera reached out to Jim Caldwell and was denied. It was denied. This is Valentine's Day. You're getting rejected on Valentine's Day. So clearly, when Jim Caldwell rejected an interview uh, with the Washington Commanders, the reason was was that he felt like he was going to get the opportunity to be a head coach this cycle. And all the reports that we heard coming out of Jim Caldwell's camp was that, hey, look, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm going to be a head coach. I don't want to be an offensive coordinator. I don't want to be an offensive assistant, so to speak. So Ron, like the stand-up individual that he is, says, fine, I'll go, you know, try to find somebody else to be this team's offensive coordinator. And would you look at that on Valentine's Day, Jim Caldwell taking Commander's Nation to the damn Heartbreak Hotel and taking a gig with the Carolina Panthers. Let me tell you what, I don't care about someone who doesn't want to be here. Let me first start off by saying that I can give a rat, you know what, about someone who doesn't want to be here. But, man, this one stings. This one stings because it lends to the idea that Washington isn't a viable option for offensive coordinators wanting to boost their value, so to speak. And that I have an issue with. Because guess what? The beautiful thing about the Washington Commanders' offensive coordinator situation is the fact that you will have complete autonomy over what's happening on your side of the ball. That's what happens when you work with a defensive-minded coach like head coach Ron Rivera. That's why Scott Turner got the boot. Because guess what? The team wasn't performing, and it was his way or no way. So Ron Rivera lets him do it his way. They don't get the results that they wanted. He gets fired. If you're scared to get held responsible for your actions, maybe that's why you wouldn't want to take the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator job. I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. But if I'm Jim Caldwell, why the hell would I want to join the Carolina Panthers over the Washington Commanders? What weapons offensively outside of DJ Moore do the Carolina Panthers have offensively? Come on, man. This isn't about me trying to bash Carolina. I'm just trying to look at it, you know, in hindsight. The Washington job, based on the roster that they've got currently constructed, is a million times better than the job in Indianapolis. The job in Carolina, excuse me. The one thing, though, the one thing that the Panthers have going for them is draft capital, right? The Panthers, the Panthers have, I believe, the fifth overall pick. Well, they have the ninth overall pick, excuse me. So I get that. If you're Carolina and you want one of these premier young signal callers coming out in this year's draft, you're going to have to trade up and get your guy. Is that something Is that something that Jim Caldwell wants to sit through? Obviously it is. Obviously it is. But nonetheless, the Ravens offensive coordinator spot, their vacancy was filled today as well uh, by former Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Uh, he signed on with the Ravens to be their OC. Josina Anderson of CBS Sports uh, just had a very interesting tweet uh, because if you all heard the opening to the show, to me, the Ravens job, isn't sexy or attractive either because you don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Uh, This is according to Josina Anderson. She says, I'm told since the day after the Ravens and Greg Roman parted ways, quarterback Lamar Jackson's input on the offense from a philosophical 
and schematic standpoint was folded into the evaluation process for the next offensive coordinator and communication from key players uh, was welcomed as well. So basically, in layman's terms, Joe Cena made it a very wordy tweet. Basically, what Joe Cena is saying is that the Baltimore Ravens, despite the uncertainty surrounding Lamar Jackson's future, according to Joe Cena, they reached out to Lamar and have gotten his input on the offensive coordinator search. Now, I don't like to hear that personally because I'm still holding out hope that Lamar Action Jackson could one day be Dawn and Burgundy and Gold. I'm still holding out that hope. But, man, this lets me know that this Josina Anderson report, if it's true, that, man, maybe the Ravens are serious about keeping Lamar Jackson around. And that that changes just how attractive that job is. Uh, another opening and another vacancy uh, that's open right now is the Tampa Bay Bucks and their offensive coordinator vacancy. Now, that also a very interesting gig in comparison to Washington. Because when you look at those two gigs, both of them really don't have a quarterback right now. Uh, all the reports coming out of Tampa Bay is that Kyle Trask uh, is not him, so to speak, and they're going to be in the veteran quarterback market. They are another team that's got a bevy of weapons. When healthy, they've got a damn good offensive line. I do think the Tampa Bay Bucks are an extremely attractive destination for an offensive coordinator, and I wonder, would Eric Bieniemy be interested in Tampa? I don't know what type of ties him and Todd Bowles have with each other, but it makes sense. Um, I don't know. I still am of the belief, though, man, that if you're if you're Eric Bieniemy, and you really, and you really are hell bent on being a head coach one day, the best the best move for you is to get out of Kansas City. I don't agree with the fact that some folks are saying, "Yeah, why would he want to leave Kansas City?" Because I want to be a damn head coach, man. And clearly, my work in Kansas City the past few years has not done enough to springboard me into a head coaching opportunity. And that's where Washington comes in. I mentioned it at the top of the show, man. Shane Steichen today hired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Shane Steichen, though, has built up a pretty nice track record of working with young signal callers. Justin Herbert, during his historical rookie campaign, and then Jalen Hurts the past two seasons. If you're Eric Bieniemy, I don't think people are ever going to give you credit for Patrick Mahomes because that's just the way this league works. And Andy Reid and the track record that he has, people are always going to point in his direction to say he's the reason why Patrick Mahomes is ascending. So if I'm Eric, man, I got to get up out of there. I got to. I got to. But from the commander's perspective here, this is... This is fine. Every, everything is okay right now because I still feel like, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit, I think they're going to be okay if Eric Bieniemy turns him down. They're going to be okay if Greg Roman turns him down. They're going to be okay, hell, if even Pat Shermer turns him down. You know why? Or Thomas Brown or any of the other candidates that they interview. They're going to be okay because the real, to me, best candidate is already on your staff in Kenny Zampezi. If you're really serious about the growth and development of Sam Howell, if you're Ron Rivera, you got to keep the continuity. Eminem, do we have Ron Rivera talking about Sam Howell last week on Radio Row? Because this is, say what you want. And I know this is what this time of year is about. It's about politicking and positioning yourself uh, you know, to best out, outdo your opponent, so to speak. 
if you're really serious about Sam Howell being the guy moving forward, the hell with Eric Bieniemy. If he don't want you, he don't want you. Because Kenny Zampese is still on your staff. And the most important thing this offseason should be about keeping the continuity for Sam Howell. Here's Ron Rivera talking about Sam Howell on Radio Row last week. Take a listen. Now decisions need to be made moving forward. How much of Sam Howell's performance in that final regular season game helps you decide on what the path of the position is for 23? Well, you know, to, to, to answer that, Mike, the biggest thing we decide is he will start off as QB1. He will most certainly get the first opportunity. We go into OTAs and minicamp, you know, he'll be QB1. He'll fight for that position. We'll give him every opportunity to earn it. And we'll see what happens once we get into training camp and through it. And just so I understand what that means, because we've got, I think, an unprecedented quarterback musical chairs coming yes. in free agency. You're not in that this year. No. You're out of it. No, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, is is we have to find a guy to come in that's going to compete. You know, but in terms of finding a guy that you're going to, it's, it's going to, you're going to have to spend a lot of capital on. No, we're, we're not looking for a guy we got to spend a lot of capital on. We're looking for a guy who's going to come in and compete first and foremost. So exact opposite of last year when you guys called yes. every team literally, which yes. was smart. Let's yep. find out who's available. That's not your business this year. It's Sam Howell with a veteran backup, which you'll, you'll find sift the, it out once the, yeah, the, we, the music stops and the starter spots right. are all filled. We want to find the right situation, a guy that can come in and, and be that supporting guy that can really help him grow and become the guy that gives you an opportunity to win football games. Head coach Ron Rivera talking to Mike Florio and Chris Sims of the Pro Football Talk podcast. Some very, very interesting comments from Ron uh, about Sam Howe doubling down almost on the fact that, hey, look, despite what you all might think, Sam Howe is going to get the first crack at being the QB1 for 2023. And if y'all have been listening all season long, it's like music to my ears. I have been so on board for this because finally we're doing things the right way, it seems like. And, of course, the ironic part about it is is the conditions and the situations about this team potentially about to be sold, it kind of made the bed for Ron Rivera, so to speak. It made the decision that much easier. I love hearing him say, we're not going to be in the market to spend big for a veteran quarterback. Are they learning from their mistakes? God, for, God forbid. God forbid they learn from their mistakes. I love it. I can't be upset with it. It's everything you could want if you're a Commanders fan. Look at the teams that were remaining. Look at the teams that went far in the postseason. The key to having success in this league is drafting and developing your own signal caller. We got how many more months left to go to the season? We're only in what, February? We got eight more months of this, or six more months of this before August rolls around. My message is never going to change. If you are the Washington Commanders, the most important thing for you this offseason should be growing and developing Sam Howell. That's it. What else matters? Right? What else matters? Our man Neil in Rockville tweets at me. This is perfect timing. He says, Carolina has a coach with a multi-year contract while Washington has a coach who's a dead man walking and might get canned by the draft. Now, look, that is very factual information. And I held off on the Sean Payton audio. We'll, re- we'll run that at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. But, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get into Ron Rivera and, and his job status moving forward because I, I have some – very interesting thoughts on that. Because if you're if you're Ron, what do you got to do to keep your job moving forward? I will ask that question at the top of the one o'clock hour. I got a few calls that have rang in. Mike's in Columbia. What's going on, Mike? Well, with all due respect, my man, I I, I, I 
disagree with so many of your points. Uh, first and foremost, it is my hope that new ownership is done before Ron Rivera gets another crack at draft or free agency. Number two, I'm not all on board with the six foot if he's that fourth round draft pick. It's the fifth round draft pick. Let's put some respect on the guy. Fifth. Yeah, fifth. Okay, whatever. Uh, that's even worse because if you look at the uh, stats of him actually making it. And then, uh, you know, I, I just think, why would the enemy come to work under Ron Reverse, right? <laughs> what, was it, what, what did you just name drop, Mike? That might be something we, we clip off. Ron Reverse? Is that what you called him? Yeah, exactly. Ron <laughs> Reverse. Why would you come work for this dinosaur who's on his way out of the building, right? And the, uh, the Philly job just opened. Well, the Philly right. job's already yeah. taken, and here's why. They're going to elevate their quarterbacks, Coach Brian Johnson, to be the offensive coordinator. So don't look at Philly as an well, opening. Tampa Bay is okay, the other well, opening. Ten- Tampa Bay is the only other opening, I think, that is comparable to what's going on here in Washington. That's well, as attractive that as what's going, going on here in Washington. In Washington. There's a reason folks are turning this job down, regardless of your opinion, you know, no coach in their right mind would come work for the dinosaur who's in a lame duck status, right? I just wouldn't do it. The, I would stay in Kansas City before I did that. Hey, Mike, I appreciate the call. Look, I, to, to say that he's in lame duck mode, we'll address that at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. Coming up next, Mark Schofield, a national NFL writer for SB Nation, set to join the show. Uh, we'll get the latest fallout from Super Bowl 57. Uh, on the other side of this break, though, Mark Schofield set to join us from SB Nation after Mark gets off with us, oh, line up, man. 301-230-0980. We'll talk about it. You all feel that Ron Rivera is going into a lame duck year. To the surprise of nobody, I disagree. Mark Schofield's coming up next. It's Team 980. Team 980 always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Douglas in charge with Lanelle Willingham taking you up to 3 o'clock here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy in Gold today. We'll continue our talk about the Washington Commanders at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. Right now, though, we get some fallout for Super Bowl 57. Joining us right now on the Team 980 Guest Hotline to do so uh, is NFL writer for SB Nation, Mr. Mark Schofield. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Hello, Mark. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well, now. Happy Valentine's Day to you as well. It's great to be here. Like you said, got some fallout from Super Bowl 57. We've also probably got... Derek Carr becoming available in the yeah. next few hours. The Raiders have a bit of a deadline there. And so, look, there's no offseason in the NFL. We go right from the Super Bowl into the offseason, a free agency, the draft. So makes it easy for guys like you and me, right? <laughs> Definitely. Look, man, I just uh, retweeted the story that you and the, and, and the fellas and ladies over at uh, SB Nation just wrote. I love the topic. The greatest relationships in sports on Valentine's Day. You chose to go with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Elaborate a little bit on that for me. Yeah, and I think it's been interesting, Linnell, because, you know, first off, it was a ton of fun to put that together with everyone this morning. (laughs) Um, You know, the Belichick-Brady relationship has been talked about at length, certainly with Brady going on to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl in his first year with the Buccaneers. It's opened the door to a lot of discussion about was it really Brady in New England? You know, and I think it's been interesting to see recently, you know, the past month or so, 
the two of them really stamped that down and yeah. say that, no, 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 it was never anything like that at all. It was never really a competition. And I thought it was fascinating that after Brady announced his retirement on his own podcast, there was Bill Belichick sitting in his praises. You had Brady talking about how, you know, the relationship was fantastic with Belichick and nobody else you'd rather play for. And so I thought it was important to sneak that one in there. Uh, but we got a lot of sports relationships yeah. that people can <laughs> check out over at SBNation.com right now. Yeah, I just retweeted it out on my Twitter, uh, at N-E-L-L underscore BT people get the Super Bowl 57, man. Look, I am uh, around these parts, Mark. I'm known for my steamy takes, but I don't even think this take is steamy. Yes, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes is on full display Sunday, and it was one of those legacy-defining performances for him. But the quarterback that represented the NFC champions, talking about Jalen Hurts, I mean, you want to talk about a bona fide stud performance minus the fumble. He played, to me, one of the best games we've ever seen, and I think after Sunday's Super Bowl, it's, start, it's time to start talking about Jalen Hurts as a top-five quarterback in the National Football League. Trayvon Diggs just tweeted that like, in the past couple of minutes. Yeah. There, there was a tweet out there, I think, from Pro Football Focus that had the, you know, the sort of lob to social media, you know, Jalen Hurts <laughs> is a top-blank quarterback, and yeah. Diggs came out and said he's top-five. He put five out there, and I think that's – after that performance, I, I think it's certainly worthy of that. You look at the way he played in that game – you know, the Chiefs did a very good job. We talked all week long in the build-up to the Super Bowl about the dynamic run game and the things that the Eagles do on, um, in the run game. Mm-hmm. They really stopped it, except yeah. for Jalen Hurts. I mean, the, the Chiefs did a very good job slowing down the run game. I thought it was an impressive performance from the pocket. He had some throws, the, the touchdown to Brown, where, yes, the defensive back sort of misplayed it, but Hurts put that in a perfect spot. Yeah. He had him perfectly. There was a throw that was dropped. There was another well-placed throw the throw to Goddard along the right sideline over the underneath defender in front of the defender over the top was put on a perfect spot. It was some of the best we've seen from Hurts. And yes, you know, he had the fumble, but, you know, if they go on and win that game, I don't think there's a question that he's Super Bowl MVP. Look, don't take it from me. Take it from the guy that won Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, who basically said, look, if there's any discussion about whether Hurts is a a franchise quarterback, that's over and done with now. I mean, and, and I think the big question now is, what does his extension look like, mm-hmm. and how do the Eagles look in the wake of that extension? Because we've sometimes seen, you know, when you have to pay the quarterback, you've got to make sacrifices on the roster somewhere else. Yeah, quarterback money uh, going to be very rich this offseason. I woke up this morning, man, and I'm getting ready for the show, and I believe it was a Jeremy Fowler report, you know, hypothesizing what type of money uh, the man I call baby Jesus, Justin Herbert, what type of money he's going to get. And, and I think, man – the quarterback landscape this offseason, I think if the players are serious about their empowerment, to me it starts with Lamar Jackson. I'm holding out, and I need fully guaranteed money. We've talked about this on a couple of occasions, Mark. Deshaun Watson, to me, really ruined it for the rest of the National Football League, and now we're in a situation where you're going to have to pay these quarterbacks big-time money, and it's got to all be fully guaranteed, especially if you're going off of you know who's better than who because Deshaun Watson, make no mistake about it, man. He was good before his little incident, but when he came back, uh, less than to be desired. I would think Lamar Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, uh, the negotiation started that 250, right? I, I think that's exactly right, Lunell. And I think that's the reason why, you know, after the Watson contract was announced, you heard a lot of r- reported and rumbling that other owners around the league were not happy at that deal because they knew, look, you know, if you've got a young quarterback, that's where it starts. Yeah. And I think now for teams, it's almost a race to get the extension done situation because you'd rather be early than right. late. And I mean, 
let's talk about one of the quarterbacks that played Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes. When that when his extension was done, people were saying, "Wow, you know, ten years, like half a billion dollars over the lifetime of that. Like that's that's a big time deal." It almost looks reasonable by now because you've got two Super Bowls. And when you see the accelerated contracts that we're going to be handed out over the next weeks and months to these young quarterbacks, you want to get ahead of it. So I think if you're Baltimore, you'd rather do it sooner. The longer it drags on, the more the price tag is going to go up. If you're the Chargers, if you're the Bengals, if you're the Eagles, like you'd rather move early on this deal because with each new contract that comes out, that price tag is going to go higher. And, you know, let's not make any mistake about it. It's a quarterback-driven league. Yep. Like you, you have to have a good player at that position if you want to be successful. So these players are going to get big deals. These teams are now going to have to sort of race, I think, to get them done because you don't want to be the fifth team to hand out a quarterback extension right now because that price tag is going to be pretty steep. Talking to Mark Schofield, a national NFL writer for SB Nation. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Uh, Mark, before we brought you on, man, we were talking about the offensive coordinator vacancy here in Washington. We had another domino fall this morning with Todd Munkin uh, inking himself to a deal with the Baltimore Ravens and then uh, Jim Caldwell signing on as a senior offensive assistant to join Frank Reich's staff uh, in Carolina with the Panthers. That's got people here in D.C. all hot and bothered in a good way, I guess, because the big fish that everybody here locally wants to land is Eric Bieniemy, And, you know, we've taken calls on this and people go back and forth and the discussion is, well, why would Eric Bieniemy want to leave Kansas City? From your vantage point, why would he want to leave Kansas City? I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, really, though, Mark? Patrick Mahomes. I mean, but Mark, here's what I'll say about that: because Eric Bieniemy clearly, right, is looking for a gig that's going to springboard him into being a head coach, right? Anytime you're interviewing for those type of positions, you want to be a head coach. If what he's done already with Mahomes hasn't been enough to get him a gig, what more does he have to do? Keep winning Super Bowls. I mean, I yeah. think there's, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, the chance to sort of design creative stuff. I mean, look, you look at that second half. You look at some of the things they did, the way that they understood the Eagles' motion rules and broke them. That yeah. was the enemy. There's your, you know, great story out from the Athletic in the past, you know, day or so talking about how. You know, the Saturday before the game, the enemy was showing them, you know, a touchdown that Doug Peterson dialed mm-hmm. up on the same sort of motion concept in the red zone. Said, look, this is what we got to do down there. And it worked twice. You know, I think the ability to sort of be creative, that's an enticing option. I mean, he's earned a head coaching gig, and if he's not going to get one, if it were me, I'd stay in Kansas City, keep coaching Patrick Mahomes, keep winning Super Bowls. Eventually, you're going to get that. Now, if Washington comes over and says, look, We'll give you offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. Gives you mm. sort of a title bump. That's intriguing. Yeah. You know, if it's a move like that, I think it makes sense. But absent some of that, just a lateral move, keep yeah. coaching Patrick Mahomes. That's that's a nice little gig if you can get it. Yeah, I, I look at Shane Steichen hired today as the uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach. And, and think about Steichen's rise, Mark. And I think the enemy should be trying to follow the same track. I think the reason Steichen was so attractive to folks was because he's got this track record of developing young quarterbacks. He was the offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert's historic rookie season. He's gotten to work with Jalen Hurts the past two years, and we've seen the jump he's been able to make. If I'm an offensive coordinator out there, I'm looking and saying, oh, this is the blueprint as to how these guys are getting jobs after being a play caller for only two seasons. Yeah, I mean, Linnell, that's a fantastic point because this is, you know, as we've talked about in the past couple of minutes, this is a quarterback-driven league. And you look around – you know, coaching hires, 
head coaching hires, offensive coordinator hires. It's all about quarterback development. And look at the staff that they're putting together down in Carolina. You've got yeah. Frank Reich, who, let's be honest, he was in the room with Wentz when he was in Philadelphia when he turned from a you know an okay rookie to a guy that was playing at a league MVP level before his knee injury. You add in you know Josh McCown, who was basically a quarterback coach on the roster in New York with the Jets, helping Sam Darnold his rookie season. It's all about quarterback development. And if you can show either as an offensive coordinator or an assistant head coach or whatever capacity that you can develop a quarterback, that's going to be very attractive. And so I think that's a very interesting point for the Washington job because mm-hmm. if they really are, as we've been led to believe, going into 2020 <laughs> Mark? Sam Howell as QB1 and you turn Sam Howell into a league average quarterback or better, that's a big card to play next offseason. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. For one, you know how I felt about Sam Howell the entire process, man. It's it's Sam Howell, the bus for me, man. I'm excited. We're finally drafting and developing. Uh, it feels good, man. Mark, we got a few more for you before we let you go, man. Uh, you mentioned it as soon as you hopped on. We hadn't even touched on this yet. Derek Carr, today is the day, man. What did you First of all, what did you make of him uh, telling the Raiders to basically go pound sand uh, this past week? And then where do you ultimately think he ends up? I mean, I'm not surprised that you know, we can be honest here. Um, I'm a Patriots fan of heart. Grew up in the Boston area. The accent gets away. Accent, but it's, right? not yeah. like, it's not like Josh McDaniels has had a great record with veteran quarterbacks. This happened in Denver where basically Jay Cutler was like, uh, I don't know if I want to be here any longer. Yeah. Now we're seeing it again with Carr. Um, you know, I think you know, there are landing spots. It's going to be a fascinating offseason quarterback movement. I think, you know, a team like Carolina could be in the mix. You know, obviously the Saints with the relationship he has in place with Dennis Allen, who was the head coach when he was drafted by the Raiders. Uh, you know, and he's already taken a visit with the Saints. I think that's an intriguing landing spot. Tampa Bay might make some sense. But I think ultimately, you know, I, I think if you're a veteran quarterback that, you know, it has designs of playing in the playoffs, maybe making a Super Bowl run, I, it pains me to say this again as a New England-Boston guy, but the Jets <laughs> is an attractive landing yeah. spot. That's, an, that's a young team. Look, they had the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner, the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson. And if Brees Hall didn't get hurt, he might have won offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. That was a team that was just baseline average quarterback play away from making the playoffs. Carr can give you that. You can step into basically a young playoff-ready roster. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's going to be intriguing to see who ends up there, whether it's Rodgers, obviously with Nathaniel Hackett in place. There's a lot of thoughts. That could be where Rodgers goes. But if I'm Derek Carr, I'm taking my next meetings in New York City. Yeah, definitely makes sense, man. I just wonder, hearing all the stuff come out in The Athletic, by the way, they are trashing Derek Carr, Mark. I am... Have you have you ever like remembered a situation like this? I know Carson in his in yeah, his Carson departure from Philly. Year. Yeah, Carson. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Carson. Well, the past. I mean, let's remember the the combine last year. I mean, I I wasn't there for all of the comments, but I remember walking into that convention center as Ballard was Chris Ballard, the general manager, was walking out and Indian the Indianapolis Colts general manager, and people were just like stunned. They were just <laughs> jaws wide open. Like yeah. he just torched Carson Wentz for an hour straight. I remember thinking there's, we all thought there was no way you're going to find a team willing to trade for him at that point. Well, huh. A team was willing to trade for him. <laughs> Pie in our face, man. And you know, I was all on board for it too, man. Well, I was too. I thought it made sense. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a long-time Wentz believer, but I think I have yeah. to give up that ghost at this point. 
Definitely, man. Look, I appreciate you giving us some time, Mark. Uh, continue your success on the on the kitty hoops front, my man. Our, our man, Mark oh, Schofield. Coach a great team this year. I'm really excited. The young <laughs> squad's coming together, man. Very excited about it. Love to hear it, man. Enjoy the rest of your Valentine's Day, my friend. We'll catch up soon. Sounds great, my friend. Take care, buddy. Be that well. is Mark Schofield, a national NFL writer for SB Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Schofield and check out all of him and his colleagues work at SBNation.com. Mark does an excellent job. I didn't even get to bust his you-know-whats about this. Mark's got a blue check mark next to his name now. So Mark Schofield getting big time on us, man. Who knows uh, how many more interviews we'll get uh, with big Mark Schofield. Uh, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Sean Payton made headlines last weekend, or last week, excuse me, on Radio Row with his comments about the impending sale of the Washington Commanders. We'll let you hear those comments next. This is Team 980. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.